Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Baby cat. <laughs> what was that little lullaby for us and our listeners? <laughs> I think that that's exactly what it sounds like, too. I am I'm taking this class, as you guys know, with uh, Linda Ty, who oh, is yeah. becoming very quickly um, my most revered guru in the world. And um, here we go. <laughs> there goes Cat, loving another practitioner. <laughs> Tell us more, Kat. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I'll develop a crush by the end of the 12 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, um right now <laughs> the relationship is strictly platonic and Okay, good. Yeah. Right, good. Um and it, the online course is virtual and there I have like 400 classmates, so I have no chances of <laughs> of anything other than just being a student. And um, a lot of what she's talking about is the way that I would term it is reprogramming our nervous system. Mm. And of course, the way that she talks about it is it's expanding our window of capacity. Mm. Oh, I love that. Um, And, and to me, it's like, if I say like, you need to reprogram your nervous system automatically, there's like shame and, you're an awful person and all of that. But if I invite you to expand your window of capacity, then all of a sudden you feel like, wow, I can be even better and even healthier and stuff like that. And so each class, she starts off with a song as people are coming into the Zoom. So it's kind of a way. Oh, wait, wait, wait she wait, sings wait, wait. that? She, that's She's singing to you when you yes. enter? Yes. She's singing to us. And I've only been in two classes. My third one is tomorrow. But the first song was Come in, come in. All of you is welcome here. Come in, come in. Welcome. And then she'll say, Hello, Moose. Hello, Sarah. No. So, like, as you come on the screen, as, she's... Like, it, not everybody, like, not all 400 people, but it's, like, it's the most, like, oh, I feel so, like, held and and lullabied. And, and so this week, when it was, listen, listen, baby, I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, like, I'm here. <laughs> did, you, did you wrap yourself up in, like, a baby swaddle, and then next time she looked at your little square... You have your little thumb in your mouth with a bottle and you're like, I'm a baby. Yeah. Baby cat. I'm a baby cat. Hold me, Miss Linda. <laughs> Miss Tai Tai. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my God, I just picture you swaddled. <laughs> I, okay, 
Okay, so that wasn't awkward for you the first time that happened? Oh, it was really awkward. Like it was it was super awkward. I was like, okay, so like this chorus is starting singing and I kind of like looked around. I'm like, yeah, I am by myself, so I don't need to be like embarrassed or or whatever. And then this week when when it was listen, listen, baby, I was like, uh, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, like here that's, that's a whole different level of intimacy. Yeah. Can I just ask what happened, like, your first reaction on day one as you enter, like, maybe mid-sentence of her first song, the swan song? <laughs> what did you feel and think? Yeah, I just was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. A tilted head. Just like, what did, did you think you were coming in late? Like, did you think you had arrived late? Yeah. Did you think you were in trouble? No, I didn't think I was in trouble. I, my immediate thought was maybe I'm early. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm like jumping in on the end of her last episode with her child or something. Like, I didn't know. Um, and, and even though I work day in and day out with musicians and singers, I am very, um, my body feels very strange if someone sings to me. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Mine does too. Yep. I, I, my, my butt hurts. Your butt hurts. <laughs> okay. That's, I was not expecting that. Yeah. And uh, there are people out there who are going to understand what I mean, yes. but like it's a rooted level of embarrassment. Mm -hmm. For myself and you, don't worry. I've got plenty of embarrassment to cover all. <laughs> and it it starts in my butt and it yeah. feels <laughs> like it goes up my solar plexus into my body and then it creates very hot fireworks. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to share that. I mean, depending on what you're talking about, that can be quite an experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does sound like something else now that you speak of it. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, if I ever see a wound, like like um, um, somebody recently when I was around them cut themselves while they were cooking. And as I was helping this person like with their wound, I kept saying like, oh, my gosh, my butt is numb. My butt is numb. My butt is numb. <laughs> and it's like there's something about see? seeing. Wait. In your butt. In my, not my butt hole. It's like, it's no. like. it. Well, can you explain which part of your butt? It's actually my birth canal, if I'm being honest. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And I think that for me, I think that it's, it's at the intersection of the uh, tuberosity of the, mm. uh, mm -hmm. what's the longest, the femur. Mm the yeah my hip bone mm -hmm. um and my pelvis my yeah my pelvis and it starts there which in um acupressure theory is very um appropriately called the butt point okay um it starts there but then i think it does it moves into my where my root chakra is mm. yeah that's where i'm saying like it's it's almost like um it's got to be similar to the original pains of a, a baby coming out of there. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. it's I... like your birthing embarrassment. That's what it feels like. <laughs> a birthing embarrassment. Yeah. And I think that's where the phrase butt hurt came from. Oh mm. yeah. I'm butt hurt by that. It's like, yeah, that hurt me like at my core. I, wow. You guys, we are on 
to something with this whole like body, mind, spirit experiencing, like we are figuring some shit out. I'm just telling you. I'm proud of us. I agree. I've been thinking a lot about doomsday. Okay. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like the D day. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, Assuming something were to happen, whatever that could be, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not thinking about it because I'm afraid of it. I'm thinking about it because that, there's people out there that legitimately don't know how to not like think the worst is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I see this post recently on um, Tech Insider's Instagram, and it says, "See what the luxury bunkers." Uh, where the super rich reportedly plan to save themselves from the future apocalypse. Oh. Mm. So how do you not click on that, right? Right, right. I've seen movies about this. And I will post these pictures, you guys. And it looks like something from Stranger Things. It does. And watch this. It gets wilder. Okay, so tech billionaires are building luxury doomsday bunkers, according to a tell-all book by Douglas Rushkoff. And um, there's this company called Vivos Point, and they sell shelters that are essentially luxury underground apartments. Wow. And one of the most luxurious sites, it's called Europa One. I thought this was a joke, and it, it's, it turns out it's not. Um, it's located in Germany and provides individual families with over 2,500 square feet of living. Jeez. And you see this photo. Again, I'll post it. There's a giant swimming pool um, looks like the inside of like a spa or something. And you see there's all these windows. And I was like, well, if these are underground, how in the world are these windows? Yeah. But they've used all of this technology to make it seem like light. Oh, like simulate day. It's all simulated. Wow. wow. So I don't know what going outside is like. You cannot. But it's, it's going to have numerous amenities and operates almost as its own village with a bar, a chapel, pools, and more. Wow. Mm. Looks nice. It kind of looks like the, like some of these look like the suite on like a cruise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a movie theater, a garden, and a wine vault cat you'll be glad to know about. Oh, thank God. Oh, very nice. So online... You can you can apply for this. It's called the Vivo's application, and uh, prices start at thirty five thousand dollars a person, with significant discounts available with individuals who have key survival skills. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay this this reminds me. I have to stop you like right there. Like this reminds me of. Have you guys heard of this place in town called the Soho House? Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like the membership place. Yeah. It's like it's a quote unquote social. What is that? A dentist chair? It looks like it. Oh, yeah. It cust- it customizes shelters. Yeah. I think that's a dentist chair. Anything from operating rooms to horse stables. Horse stables. Yeah. Horse stables. Underground. Wow. Have you done Soho House yet? Yes, I have. And, and, and the thing that I was going to say is you talking about um, Vivo, Viva Spay. What's it called again? 
Vivos. Vivos. Um, offering significant discounts for people with certain survival skills. Well, the Soho mm. House says very clearly on their website that for membership per year, I think is like $2,600 per year. And then it says, or for members under 27 years old, we offer significant discounts because we want to keep our environment youthful and young. And so if you're under 27, you can become a member for only $665. What? Okay, so what is the benefit of being a member? Because there's this other place in town called the Red Phone Booth, the Red Phone mm-hmm. Booth. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's like a, a drinking, smoking bar. Are we bringing back like this exclusivity situation? I think so. I think it's basically like, it, it's like a... it's like a paid community. It's like in, in this class that I'm taking, I'm learning that like a lot of the way that we heal from and process trauma is with other people that are quote unquote in our tribe. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's why it's more and more comforting as you make your kingdom safe and you have people around you who are safe, like you can begin to heal. I, I think it's like, kind of like, Hey, we all need to feel like we belong. And here's a paid opportunity for you to get to feel super duper special that you can come into the red phone booth and smoke, or you can come into the Soho house and put your feet in the pool and order a, a, you know, iced tea or whatever. Well, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Like there's a part of me that's like, that'd be really cool. Cause like back in the day, there was this one on like the very top floor of this building, downtown Nashville. And we used to do this dinner there. I worked at a label that would do this dinner there every year. Um, but it was called the Nashville city club and it was same sort of situation where you have to pay a fee and, but you still have to like pay for your dinner, but it's this idea of like, I'm around other elite people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a way to make everybody feel included guys. Thanks Soho house. Thank you. Nashville city club. Thank you. Vivos guys. I'm not done with Vivos. So I went to Vivos global shelter network. Cause I was like, (laughs) come on, this can't be real. This is like some sort of interesting thing. And it goes through all these things that kind of seems a little Illuminati ish. It like has these scenes of like these kids and these religious people looking up at the sky. I mean, even these children, I'll just kind of swipe through it. Um, looking up at the sky. Oh, they get to see the eclipse and then there's an eclipse and then these underground bunkers. Oh, wow. I mean, that's crazy, right? Like in a giant, just a field. field with numerous bunkers. And are they connected by like tunnels? I think so. So like one's a hospital oh. and one's like a the spa and one's like living quarters. Yes. Oh my gosh. And there's this photo that for miles shows wow. all of these underground bunkers. Wow. It, yeah. It's just like green fields and then these lumps that look like bunkers. Wow. And it's just like multiple like dozens and dozens of them so it's real like i like you see these people walking through it and seeing it and so it like i honestly am curious is this are they selling these to doomsday people are they selling this just to super rich people who are like i love a backup plan life assurance for a dangerous world wow Life assurance for a dangerous world. Wow. And so it says an epic humanitarian project the size of a city, 575 private bunkers with space for thousands in one of North America's safest locations. 
Wow. Wow. Well, guys, I just don't know what to believe about this. Like, people are really, like, I mean, do we really think this is going to happen in our lifetime? Well, somebody does. I mean, this is a lot of effort to to go to. And what is one of the uh, safest places in North America? It looks like it's kind of in the middle of, like, maybe, is that Minnesota? Um, that is one of the Dakotas, I think. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's next to <laughs> Welcome to the Cat and Moose podcast, where we know our geography, vocabulary, and all of the smart things. Hey, guys. I found this on the web. The Vivos X Point is located near the Black Hills area of South Dakota, just south of the city of Edgemont. The Black Hills Army base was originally built by the Army Corps of Engineers as a fortress to store bombs and munitions from 1942 to 1967. After which, the base was completely retired. So South Dakota. That is crazy. Wow, that's really fascinating. So this city already existed then? The bunkers were already there. Sounds like it. So we're an apocalyptic podcast. <laughs> yeah, and we are now. I just wanted to share that they do have multiple bunker layouts. Mm-hmm, if you need um, any. So feel free to go to the webs. Oh, they're also hiring. Oh, they're hiring? Great. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Wow. I'm glad I could bring that to the Cat and Moose podcast, guys. Wow. Well, thank you. Well, me too. It makes me wonder if you at all have been um, aware of the Noosphere. I do not know. Uh, teach us. <laughs> okay. So the Noosphere is basically, and it's a, it's a theory, is that the Noosphere is the third in a succession of phases of development of the Earth. So it comes after the geosphere, which is inanimate matter. So think Big Bang, like rocks and shit, like inanimate things. And over millions and millions of years, the geosphere evolved into the biosphere. And so the biosphere contains biological life. So we're talking like particles, amoebas, like dinosaurs, like evolution and all that kind of stuff. And the theory is that that there are evolutions that happen ever so often over obviously millions of, of years of time. And the theory is that the next one, the third in a succession of the phases of earth is called the noosphere and it's actually being studied and it's called the gcp the global consciousness project and so it's basically like like what what is being proposed is that that humans who are all experiencing something similar that is devastating create enough energy to cause some sort of evolution of society. So for example, it's like you think of like 9-11. It's like the whole world experienced that in some way or other. It's like everybody says like, everybody remembers where you were on 9-11. And it's kind of like, I, I think of COVID the same way. It's like the whole entire globe experienced COVID. And with all of consciousness having experienced this at the same time, the noosphere suggests that when we're all of one collective mind that something shifts so it's kind of like to me the same idea is like 
if everyone who is of Catholic faith is praying the mass at the same time, the same prayers every day, it's like, oh, this is like actually creating a, a shift in the universe. And I have just found this to be fascinating. This is the second class that I'm taking right now. Oh, that's so <laughs> cool. I'm learning about this wow. shit. I, yeah. I wow. used to listen to this um, radio program, anyone else who might be a paranormal fan, called Coast to Coast AM. Um, and it, they did this project where they wanted to test if bringing everyone's consciousness together, believing the same thing could actually change something. And Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. this was when I was in my twenties, so many years ago, but, um, there was a hurricane coming towards Galveston. I remember this very particularly and um, I was listening and, and they were like, okay, so we're going to test this. Can we move this hurricane out of the way? You know, obviously not sending wow. it to another city or whatever. Um, yeah. But, and I, I never really followed up on it, so I can't tell you if it happened. But <laughs> here's the good news. I remember that blowing my mind as well. Like, I remember thinking, oh, my first thought was, oh, maybe that's what prayer is. What, what yeah. if, like you said, mm-hmm. with, with Catholic mass, what if all of us asking, you know, would you pray for me right now? I'm going through a hard time or whatever it is. Maybe that idea is we're all connected. And the more, the, the way that we raise our consciousness is by gathering more mm-hmm. people, which is sort of in the Bible, right? We talked about this the other mm-hmm. day, like mm-hmm. where two or three are gathered together. Um, yeah. Yeah. So but I also find that it freaks out some people who are like consciousness. What could that possibly mean? Oh, totally. And, and like those people, like God bless them. Like, okay, like that's fine. And at the same time, it's like, if you look at people in history who have introduced new ideas, like Copernicus, who said, maybe the earth is revolving around the sun instead of the sun revolving around the earth. If you look at, you know, Socrates or Aristotle or Jesus, you know, it's like these people had, they knew a thing that the majority of society were like, nah, 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 nah. We can't do that so much so that we feel like we need to kill you, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I feel like this, this feels very similar to me. All right. So again, we're on the same page. I saw this post on Instagram and it, it sort of encompasses what you're talking about. And I, I want, I'm curious if you guys believe this because it not only sort of took the breath out of me when I read it, but it also, I felt like peace was in my body. Mm. And so it was that moment of like, that's challenging what I've been taught, but then it felt real because I felt mm. the peace in my body. So it simply nice. says, if you obsess over whether you are making the right decision you are basically assuming that the universe will reward you for one thing and punish you for another. The universe has no fixed agenda. Once you make any decision, it works around that decision. There's no right or wrong, only a series of possibilities that shift with each thought, feeling, and action that you experience. How do you feel about that? I I have a lot of feelings about that. My my internal skeptic, which I don't know what Enneagram number that is inside of me, but my internal skeptic says, 
um, yeah, but what about like bad stuff? Like what about murder? What about like immoral acts and stuff like that? It's like, I don't want to think that like the universe is going to treat me just as kindly for something like that as it would for me saying, I want to be a healing arts practitioner. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I agree. And I think that's the religion in us going, but wait a minute, you forgot about the murderers and the pedophiles. but it made me think you know i it's interesting because i really even looking over the past year there's there's been a few things where i have like really struggled with like oh no am i making the right decision Mm -hmm. and that just made me take a deep breath like Mm. i agree when it comes to like right or wrong in a moral fashion that feels a little different to me but to believe that like Oh, even if it's quote wrong for me to quit my job and, you know, I don't know, sail a boat to Europe for the next (laughs) six months, like my experience is real. Even if it, for you or someone else's perspective, it might be wrong or it wasn't the most whatever thing to do. But I, I just found that so interesting that you're basically assuming that the universe will reward you for one thing and punish you for another. And I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, a, what are you right? Like what a pressure to live under. I know. Like what a pressure to live under. I, I've heard it said before that, um, and, and this is something that I've heard kind of in Christian circles before that it's like, okay, if you're saved, you're going to heaven. The path that you take to get there is up to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I feel like this is kind of similar that it's like, okay, like you're assuming that God or the universe or the all knowing, whatever it is, has an agenda like to either like celebrate you or punish you. And it's like, actually like the universe is kind of like, I don't care. I think the universe is like, and and this, this goes to another question I have just a small one, guys, don't worry. Um, why are we here? You know, like, <laughs> like I've, I've, I've actually been thinking about this. Like what yeah. is the point? Because I used to think the point was like, stay within the coloring lines and you'll be fine. Yeah. You will then be reunited with Jesus, who is your husband, mm-hmm. also your Lord. And, you know, and, and now I've loosened a lot of those crazy thoughts and now I'm like, oh, I get it. Jesus is like here with me, bro. And like, there's a spirit inside of me and you know, it's a little more mystical than it is super Christian. Um, but I've been just really thinking about this, like not from a melancholy standpoint, I'm really curious, what are we supposed to learn Hmm. or are we just supposed to be, Hmm. Right. And, and I mean, and I think that that's why, like, I think as humans, like we can't help, but ask those questions and we can't help, but come up with ideas or theories around it. And I think that like, I was having this conversation with friends, um, a couple of weeks ago about reincarnation, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, well, why has the idea or thought of reincarnation even happened? And it's like, well, because we don't know, like as humans, we don't really know why we're here. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of reincarnation to some suggests that it's like, we're here because we didn't, 
didn't like check all the boxes in life number one. So we've got to move on to life number Mm -hmm. two and experience life number two as a gnat. And then after life number two, we didn't learn all those things. So now we have to experience life number three as a snake and then a dog and then a blah. And so then people go like, Oh, that's why the tiger is my spirit animal. Because like four lives ago, maybe I was a, a, you know, Mm -hmm. a tiger. I was a tiger. Makes internal family systems make a lot more sense. It does. But like, honestly, like I really have been thinking about that (laughs) and I, I don't have the answer, but anything that I say, like, well, we are meant to be here. So that feels very, um, westernized if you will like i'm here so i can learn everything that i think i need to learn in this life which goes Mm -hmm. to the reincarnation thing but then it's like okay doesn't make me a better person which goes back to is one person better than another and it you know in the christian faith you would say well you're here to proclaim the good news of jesus christ okay so then I don't know. It just, none of it makes freaking sense here. You know, <laughs> none of it does make sense. And it's like, it makes me think like, which of un- which one of us is like the better person here. And then it's like, you get some sort of proverb, like the last shall be first and the first shall be last, you know? And it's like the son, the prodigal son that it's like, he did all the terrible shit and the daddy loves him. And the son <laughs> the that did all the good shit. Him daddy is like nah dude you know it's like it it really is i mean for centuries and centuries generations and generations humanity has been asking this question and it's like what how do we become satisfied like like no one's found the answer yet no and it reminds me of that um pema chodron quote where she the short version is uh nothing ever goes away until Mm. it teaches us what we need Mm. to know hmm you know, nothing ever goes away until it teaches us what we need to know. Is that why I have diabetes so that I'll learn to eat like a vegan? Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't, I, I'm not going to answer that question cause I don't know, but like, um, well, let me read you the full quote. Just pull it up. Nothing ever goes away until it has taught us what we need to know. Nothing ever really attacks us except our own confusion Perhaps there are no solid obstacle except our own need to protect ourselves from being touched. Maybe the only, <laughs> maybe the only enemy is that we don't like the way reality is now and therefore wish it to go away fast. But what we find as practitioners is that nothing ever goes away until it has taught us what we need to know. If we run a hundred miles an hour to the end of the continent in order to get away from the obstacle, We find the very same problem waiting for us when we arrive. It just keeps returning with new names, forms, manifestations until we learn whatever it has to teach us about where we are separating ourselves from reality, how we are pulling back instead of opening up, closing down instead of allowing ourselves to experience fully whatever we encounter without hesitating or retreating into ourselves. I know, man. Wow. So I mean, I hear that and I just say it don't make no never mind. (laughs) (laughs) It don't make no never mind. (laughs) 
It don't make. Never mind. It don't make. No, never mind. Which I was reminded this weekend. I got to spend some time uh, at Real Foot Lake this weekend, which is one of my favorite places on earth, not far from where you went to college, Moose. Yeah. And um, and uh, I got to see a bunch of American bald eagles. I got to spend time with my mom, which was so amazing. Fun. And yeah, it was really That's great. Cool. And and I remember I was telling her all this, like just everything I was stressed out about and my anxieties and, you know, oh, la, 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 la. and we were talking about how my aunt Mary Mac has this, she and my mom kind of came up with this statement where they say, well, it don't make no never mind. It don't make no never mind. <laughs> it don't make no never mind. It's like, it just doesn't <laughs> matter. Amen. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. So it ain't no, right, no, no, it don't make mind. no never mind. <laughs> That is such a Southern saying. I love it. It don't make no, never mind. I have a small bone to pick with you if it's okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Poor little baby cat. Poor baby cat. Poor little baby cat. So I have this sort of nervous tick that I do around the house and around friends. And when I'm just relaxed and I sing the beginning of the song, which has a call and response situation and a colon response, a call and response. <laughs> Did you hear colon response? I heard colon response. Large intestine four helps with constipation. That's all I heard. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So I do this thing and then it requires you to sing back to me when I do it. A call. Oh, a call and response. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. The call and response. <laughs> okay. So I do this thing and then whoever's in the room usually echoes it because it's a very familiar song. But when you echo me, Kat, I have not thought that you sing the right part. And, it, and I just thought, oh my God, like she... That is not what this person sings. Test it out on me before you reveal. And then my sister was in town this weekend and she sang the same part that you sing. But I went and listened to it and you were both incorrect is the is the final point. <laughs> so I'm publicly here. Bam, bam. You're both, both wrong. wrong. Double shaming. <laughs> public double shaming. And so I'm going to sing this part. And if you know the song, you're, as the listener, you're going to have a response. And Sarah, I just ask when you edit this, leave space for our listeners to sing what their response is. Okay. Because I'm curious, as they write in and tell us, do they side with Kat or do they side with me on this? Oh, this is good. It's good. I like it. So, the, the song is... No. <laughs> I have always heard doobie doobie doo doo doo. Oh, oh. Wrong. You're both wrong. We are. Do it again. Doobie doobie doo doo doo. Ah. No, it's not ah. Uh. Yes. Can you play it for us? I can't believe you're going to prove us wrong here. Like, that is what happens in the song. Doobie doobie doo doo doo. Oh, ah. Uh. There's no uh, uh, ow. I, I am convinced that I'm right. You really think you're right. Okay, we're talking about the Annie Lennox song, No More I Love Yous. Give it to us, Sarah. 
staccato. Who uh, uh, was uh, right? Who was right? I am right. No. No, she doesn't say, uh oh. There are two syllables, not three. Ah. Doesn't feel right in my body. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> I, I have an interruption. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Oh, oh, wow. Well, hello, producer Sarah. What you got? My goodness. Guys, we are moving the release of our podcast to Wednesdays. Oh, hump day, hump day, hump day. We like Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Why are we moving to Wednesday? Tell the listeners why. We don't know. That's not true. The powers that be tell us that Wednesdays are the way to go. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Kat, why are we moving to Wednesdays? Yes. <laughs> so basically, according to um, all of the interwebs powers that be that oversee podcasting rules of the universe, um, it has been uh, told to us that the best day for us to release the podcast is on Wednesdays now instead of on Mondays. And so I am curious what our listeners feedback is going to be about this, because I know I speak with several listeners a week who really kind of rake me over the coals if the podcast is not available at the moment that they want to listen on Mondays. So I'm really curious, like, what about Wednesdays is going to work and what is not going to work? Please tell us. Hello at catandmoosepodcast.com and 1-866-KATMOO5. Also, guys, one other fantastic thing to mention. To mention. Oh, oh. Um, Is that Wednesdays are the middle of the week. That's right. And you might need a little bit of oomph to get us through the week. Mm. Yeah. This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system. And I would like to invite everyone who maybe is receiving this information for the first time and having a hard time with it. I would invite everyone to do an exercise with me. Will you guys do this exercise with me? I'm here to exercise. Okay. And so um, as we are looking ahead at whatever is in front of us physically with our physical eyes, I would like to invite us to uh, turn our heads to the left and allow our eyes to go in the same direction as our heads and then turn our heads slowly to the right. Ah. Ah. And then I would invite us to look up to the heavens, down to the ground, and look all the way behind us to both sides. And what this does is this activates the phrenic nerve that runs through the neck. And our, our autonomic nervous system, when confronted with something that puts it into fight, flight, freeze, fawn, 
fat, fabulous, and all the things that our nervous system can do, Mm -hmm. um, we get fixated on what is in front of us. And so one of the ways that we can begin to help our nervous system regulate is we can take our eyes off of what is in front of us and we can look into several different directions. And that activates the phrenic nerve that runs through the neck. Mm -hmm. And it also reminds our nervous system what is in front of us is not dangerous. Mm. Really, Kat? That is so freaking cool. It is, honestly, because... I think it gets you out of that panic feeling is what you're mm-hmm. saying. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's another yeah. good thing to use when people have panic attacks mm-hmm. is like breathing, yeah. but also let's look around you. Yeah. Please remind me of this next time I feel the way I felt a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh gosh. It's true. I have a version of that where, where I get so stuck in my body and I'm like panicked about, I've got cancer. I've got whatever the worst imaginable thing. And I have to, I have this exercise for myself that I have to remind myself to um, move outward. And so I've, I'm so stuck inside that it's like, okay, what does the surface of my skin feel like? Are you cold? Are you hot? What does the room feel like that I'm in? What is, am I outside? Am I in a building? And I just have to like put myself back into uh, some sort of grounding situation and get myself out of my body hmm. um, so that I'm not panicking yeah. about what my ailments are. That sounds like a great practice, Sarah. That's awesome. Yeah. Get out of my body. Uh-oh. Dear demons, <laughs> you're not allowed here. Uh-oh. <laughs> See you next Wednesday, you guys. Bye. Don't make no never mind. Producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.